I'm Caleb Rowe, and this is the Air of Grievances podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. I am coming to you recording this right now on Christmas Day. I'm sure we'll be a little bit past that by the time that you hear it. But I am here visiting my parents and little brothers in the Kansas City area of Kansas, uh, in Overland Park specifically. Um, To be quite honest, little tangent here, but uh, we're kind of the trashy family in the neighborhood here. This is a very upscale Honestly, kind of hoity-toity neighborhood, and uh, we still honestly have our uh, Kentucky bluegrass, white trash, blood coursing through our veins, combined with my dad's hoser, uh, you know, northern Minnesotan slash Canadian kind of uh, equivalent of the the white trash. I mean, kind of think trailer park boys, but um, that that society and culture but as as Northern Baptists. So, um, now, you know what? Here, I should just say this to start with. Think Red Green Show, if you're familiar with that at all. Think Red Green Show. Um, and I got Sam joining me for the interview right now, and we're going to get that started. All right, Sam Rowe has sat down and joined me here. Sam, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, I mean, that's my name. I'm your brother, second to youngest in the family. Mm-hmm. How old are you? Uh, 17 right now, 18 in August. 18 in August. And you're in high school? Yep, senior year. And you applied to K-State recently? Mm-hmm. I got accepted, and I got a scholarship, so it's looking like that's where I'm going to go. Awesome, cool. And you're thinking about going in, into uh, engineering? Yeah, ideally uh, computer engineering, so that's like hardware design and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So more of the, the physical engineering than right. the software. Right, there's a lot of overlap, obviously. Okay. But. Ideally. Cool, cool, cool. And how are ways that you express that now in other, like outside of just with the computer? Like I know you're getting really into origami. Like what's the style of origami that you do? Uh, Generally I like modular origami, Uh which is when it's like, instead of say like a single thing, a single piece of paper turning to like really intricate, like dove or swan or Uh something, um, you use a bunch of designs that are all, well, it's one design that you repeat 30 times or so, Uh or however many times. And then when you put it all together, it forms like a geometric shape Uh or it it could be anything really. But I like the idea of that. It's a a longer project to work on because each one takes like, you know, a short one. It could be like an hour long. It could be up to three or even longer depending. Cool. Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing that for? Not long, honestly. Well, I was introduced to origami at first in elementary school when one of my fellow classmates brought in, like, he did kind of like a show-and-tell thing. Mm. It was like an interactive thing, so he brought paper for the whole class. We all did it. And that was really fun, and I enjoyed it. And I I got into it a little bit then, but then I kind of stopped. But recently, um, I've been really, like, stressed out and kind of always working. And even in my free time, I'm, like, forcing myself to do something competitive or really stressful. So, I don't know. It's nice because I can just listen to, like, music or a podcast Uh, or something and just... Get in the zone. Yeah, right, right. Just yeah. think about whatever. That's awesome, man. Cool. Um, have you ever, like, designed any of your own modular origami? I haven't. And, like, I, it's ridiculous because I, I was thinking about this earlier. Like, people who design it. Because, obviously, clearly you think of, okay, I want it to look like this. Or or maybe they don't. I don't know. So, I wonder, like, what that process is mm, for people If they who have, like, the, the end product that they're working toward. Right. Or if they're just kind of stumbling across it. Is that what you're saying? Right. And I think it might be the latter, honestly, because if you make like a single, okay, well, for all modular pieces, they all fit together, right? Oh, so you like have something pieces, that, yeah. yeah, right. So you have something that fits into it, 
like, you know, part A and part B and they uh-huh. intersect and like, so they all can fit together in the uh-huh. end, right? So to put I, it into, into terms that I, in my less, uh, engineering centric head, it's almost like you're making little Legos right. of a certain shape. Yeah. And then you take all those and, and you build a big geometric figure. Or have you seen those, um, art pieces where it's like, it's one image, it's like a square, but then it overlaps into itself. Oh, right. One, so it's mm. like repeating for like forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a way to think of that. So when you're making that kind of art, you have to make it so it both goes in and like yeah. gets inside of. So. Is that a thing to where like the Fibonacci sequence comes in? Wait, oh, I mean, those repeating so images? Well, the Fibonacci sequence is more of like, it's more of like a geometric relationship in uh-huh. nature with like the golden with shells and right, stuff. Yeah. yeah, and the human ear mm-hmm. is the the ratio. Yeah, or is right. the golden the golden ratio, which is derived from the Fibonacci right. sequence. Yeah, yeah, I find that also fascinating. Yeah. Could you? Do you think you can make like a modular origami in the shape of the Fibonacci sequence? Or, or you mean like it? the the spiral? Like the spiral, or like you know, use that in there somehow? It'd be possible for sure because it's a ratio. It's like. I don't know, that's like 1.17 something, I think. It's kind of like how pi is a number. Uh-huh. It's another one of those just numbers. Or yeah. like E is a number. Right, right. But it's it's crazy because it shows up so much through nature and like even in ancient architecture is integrated. Right. So uh-huh. like it is just, you know, like 1 plus 1 plus 2 plus, and like you add the uh-huh. numbers to each other. So it definitely would be possible. That'd be interesting to think yeah. of though. Like, Is it like a fractal thing? Yeah, it, well, it is actually, yeah. Because yeah. I guess the shape is within itself and it could spiral on forever. Uh-huh. Cool. But fractals are another whole interesting yeah, subject yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. And so, yeah, you're, you're a real, real into engineering and really fascinated by, like, is it more how things work or just, like, putting together those things mathematically? I think it's it's really rewarding to have set up, like, to say, okay, I want to do this. And then, okay, how do I do that? What's the most efficient way to do that? Mm. How do I get there? What are the steps? What, cool. you know, within like the requirements, what can I do? What can't I do? Uh-huh. What's realistic? And I, I find that really rewarding when like you find that best way yeah. and it works. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So it's like the, um, like the process of it and like having, having your limits and having the goal that you're working towards and then just making it happen with right. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd That's say cool. so. Cool. Like last year, um, in, engineering the engineering program at our school uh we had a class called engineering design and development where we everybody decide or all the groups in the class decided a problem and they had to work towards solving that problem and it was completely open-ended like that's basically the only requirement and you could go out and find what you wanted what materials you could use you know resources you can talk to professionals like you were given um mediums to talk to like engineering firms that were in the area and stuff like that and so I, that was probably the favorite class that I've ever, my favorite class that I've ever been in, just because it's not like, okay, you sit down in class, you have a test, you know, you learn the material, uh-huh. and then at the end of the year, you just go uh-huh. on to the next thing. Right. It's like, you know, you get to choose what it is. You yeah. get to choose the class. It's almost you, like you're making your own formulas or finding your own formulas. Right. Not given, not given a set number and then you work through right. it. Right. And what I love about that is that it's a lot more, like, that is what the real world is a lot more mm. like. It's, yeah, totally. It, instead of, you know, being given you know, a cha- uh, a chapter in a book and then reading through that and then taking a test over that, you know? Uh-huh, yeah, that's cool. So so there's an element of creativity. Right, for sure. Like, yeah, that's cool. Did you ever do a robot club or any of that stuff? Yeah, I well, I, I'm not in the robotics club in our school, but we touched on, in the first two years of this engineering program, we did a lot of stuff with robots, mm-hmm. such as, like, building it together, and then you put um, a computer piece in it that you'd wire up to the, the wheels, and then you program it to say, like, when did it go and stuff, and you, there, we had an obstacle course built, uh-huh. and you had to, like, 
program it to like navigate it. And, yeah. But yeah, we, we touched on that kind of stuff. That's cool. Yeah. So you're a, would you say that you're a scientifically minded empirical, empirical Yeah, for sure. Empirical. Of? Yeah. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Uh-huh. Cool. So I guess just cause we have no format here, honestly, and we're just kind of taking this as it comes. Um, the, the next question that pops into my head, just because of the premise of mm-hmm. the podcast and everything like that is how do you think that that worldview how how do you see that applying to your spirituality okay well the first thing i'd want to say is this is completely opinionated but i do not believe in free will i believe in fate okay. and i understand that can be controversial okay, sure, or whatever sure. but um i could support that like basically my logic is if you isolate any like mathematical equation in the universe, like physics or chemistry or whatever, there's a system, there's a surrounding. So you look at a part of it and say, okay, under these conditions, you know, if you know, you're dropping a ball, okay, it drops from this high, it has this velocity, it's going this far, you know, you can calculate everything about it. You uh-huh, calculate uh-huh. when it will hit the ground, sure. you calculate how long it will take, you know, uh, its velocity at each given moment. So, and we, as um, time goes on, we're finding more and more equations and formulas about our entire universe. And theoretically, I, I highly doubt it would ever happen, but you could calculate anything. Mm. And with that logic, you could use the current circumstance of our universe uh-huh. and figure out what is going to happen. And that, okay. in my opinion, that yeah. even applies to like, you know, human anatomy and like uh-huh. our brains and how we think. And okay, because like even on a sociological standpoint, uh-huh. we were, you know, raised under this environment and you know, our mental state is this uh-huh. and that, which means that we are going to do this. Like right. I really, you plug all those variables. Right, in. right. Yeah. I really don't think like people say, oh, there's a chance he'll do this. But uh-huh. I feel like chance and percentages only exist where ignorance does. Okay, cool. Because if you knew everything, there wouldn't be a chance. Uh-huh. That's cool. That's a cool scientific way to approach the more philosophical question of free will, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so maybe I'm not even following the train of thought correctly and correct me if I'm wrong. Um and even asking this question, but would you say then that is that is that lack of free will from a divine uh, source, or is it is it just scientific, or is it scientific but planted by a, a divine force? Does that make sense? What's the belief that I don't know if I necessarily support this, but the belief that God created the universe but doesn't maintain it? Oh uh, yeah, like deism was yeah, yeah. the old name for that, yeah. right? Uh-huh. But I. I think there might be, like, using the logic that I just uh-huh. established, there might be some, like, standpoint some, to that. Uh-huh. Some grounds. Some validity. Like, I don't know if I believe that per se. Yeah. Like, obviously, I'm sure. just some kid. I'm just thinking about this. Yeah, sure. No, of course. This is the time. In, you, I mean, yeah, at your age, this is the time to think through things and right. not plant down and say, got it. Yeah. I figured it all out. <laughs> I don't think anyone can ever say that. Not, like, obviously, not even. Yeah, no I agree. Can. I totally agree. Yeah. But I think it's important to think about mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. So, um, do you have you ever in the past had instances where your scientific engineering mind conflicted with things that you were presented either from the church or oh, from yeah. other spiritual sources? For sure. Can you elaborate on those? Well, give me an example or something? We both grew up, especially back in LaGrange, Kentucky, in an mm-hmm. extremely conservative uh, stand or uh, environment, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And it's the pro- only problem, the biggest problem that I have with that is it's very closed minded in many yes. ways. Like it's uh-huh. hard to share your belief or even think outside the box. Right. It's like, you know, not necessarily this is wrong again, but like, you know, Jesus Christ is this, you know, this is bad, this is good. Uh-huh. And that's how it is. Uh-huh. And I think as, you know, we moved out here to Kansas and it was more of a liberal environment, I learned kind of more and more that nothing is absolute. You have to figure out what you believe Mm. and you know, you can wrestle with other people with what they believe and that's important as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, can you think of any specific examples or any stories or like a time in your life where you're like, wait a minute, 
one thing that I used to hold as a belief, maybe, and for me, from my own perspective, I know I had a lot of beliefs that I, were just kind of handed to me and I never examined them. Right. And so for, for my own personal experience, I can go back and say, oh, this is when I started questioning that. This is when I started questioning that. Do you have anything kind of like that to where you just kind of had these, uh, you know, preformed beliefs that you kind of inherited and then you can think of an instance to where you were like, well, scientifically, this doesn't make sense or, you know, logically this or that. Right. I'm sure a lot of what I'm describing is just myself, but mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just wondering if you had any kind of similar, uh, like how what it was like when you first confronted any of those um, d- dissonances, any of those dissonances uh, between what you believed or what you should believe and what made sense to you. Well, the largest example would probably be on a sociological um, basis. So when we first moved here, this was like probably the biggest like change in my life for sure. Um, the big thing that I noticed was, uh, this is just an example, but swearing was a big thing, mm-hmm. like in public schools especially, because we came from private Christian schools to the ones that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, so for like, you know, if you said, oh man, what the hell is happening? Uh-huh. Like then it'd be like, whoa, whoa, yo, you right, can't do right, that. Right. You know, you'd be punished and whatnot. Uh-huh. But then when I moved here or we moved here, I heard that being thrown around everywhere. And for a while, I was like the Pope. I was like the uh-huh. Spanish Inquisition. I was like, you can't say uh-huh, that. Like, yeah. I'd get like really mad at people uh-huh. and like tell them like, oh, you got to, you know. But And as time grew on, like I became the antithesis of that. Like not necessarily. Like I very, very, very rarely swear mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. just because like, you know, it's not a, you know, pro- co- even now culturally, like it's a vulgar thing. Yeah, so. sure. Just socially even. Yeah. Right. But I've noticed that like it's not, it's not what. Or from what I see, it's not what we were raised on to believe yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, it, it's a form of expression and whatnot. And, uh-huh. I mean, if you don't think that it's, it's right, then that's perfectly fine, uh-huh. understandable. But I don't – I definitely don't look at that the same way that I did in the way that it was like, okay, these words are taboo. Mm-hmm. You can say heck, mm-hmm. but you can't say hell. Right, you, right, you right. Know, uh-huh. right. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, is okay, but right. make that a hard D. Like, it's, it's the same God's thing mad. in connotation. Yeah, right. right, exactly, yeah. It's like, you're not tricking God when you say gosh. Yeah, God's yeah. like, who's this gosh guy? It's like, there's like a white <laughs> list of like words you can say. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. Um, cool, yeah, that's a really good answer. Um, so, can you think of any, just comparing where you were at and the conclusions, I guess, that you were working with that you had drawn spiritually as a kid compared to where you're at now, what would you say that the biggest, starkest differences are? Well, when I was a kid, I guess, I... Well, I didn't have any grounds to question anything different from what we were told to believe from Uh mom and dad Uh and the church and whatnot. So I just kind of... I never... I never really enjoyed going to church. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, most people say, oh, it's boring or whatever. But, I mean, maybe that's the way I feel as well. I don't know. But I I feel like I always had this kind of agitation. Like, man, I don't know if this is 100% right. But I kind of just accepted uh-huh. it and went along and said that's what I felt like. But now I've definitely – even, like, with the beliefs that I've established, I'm definitely – I feel like I'm now a lot more open-minded mm, and yeah. willing to listen to other people. Like That's even true. if they're completely conservative, closed-minded, whatever, you know, I'll listen uh-huh. to them, and I think it's important to have that discussion. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. Um, and just for the sake of clarity, for everyone, anyone listening, and for you know, even for me, um, what would you describe yourself as now, as far as your uh, like religious and, and spiritual? Probably agnostic. Oh, yeah. I think that's the most like the safest answer. Okay. Like, you know, the, you can't like you can't say for sure what anything is. And I feel like to some extent, like whether they say they are or not, everyone is because you can't yeah. <sighs> tr- you can't like truly. Right. You know, every you can be 99 percent sure about something. But can you ever really be 100 uh-huh. percent? Sure? Right, right, right. 
Do you so, consider yourself a Christian still? I believe there is a divine force outside of uh-huh. our world. I, I believe that we should refer to that as God, but I don't know, you know, if it's like Santa Claus sitting up in the heavens with uh-huh. a big beard or whatever, and I mean, uh-huh. if you do anymore, it seems, but, well, that's not true, but my, my point is, like, I definitely believe there is some divine force, uh-huh. some, you know, whether that's as scientific and simple as there being a fourth dimensional being uh-huh. existing there that we can't see, or whether it is a God, you know, monotheism or polytheism, whatever it is. Okay. I, I believe there's something, but I can't say for sure what it is. Okay. Yeah. I respect that for sure. Yeah, um, is this a more recent? Because I feel like the last time we talked, uh, you would identify the first thing you would have said would probably be Christian, and I I myself, uh, and I probably I might even define agnostic differently from you. I don't know, but I consider myself an agnostic Christian, Mm -hmm. and um, but I I I suspect that that when I when I was still living in Kansas before I moved to Minnesota, like when you and I were working in the sound booth together at church and stuff like that, that your first descriptor would have probably been Christian at that time. I'd say I'm. would you define Christian as believing that there is God? Like, to me, Christian is wanting to be as much like Christ as you can and okay. following the teaching. That's what it means to me right. in my head. I'm not telling you what it should mean in your head. I'm only just right. exclusively – I'm not trying to affect you at all. I'm just saying that that is, that is okay. what it is in my head. I feel like, though, like if you break down the teachings of Christ, then saying someone's a Christian or saying someone's like a Buddhist, like mm. you know, it's all basically the same thing really like – all like even in that the Shen Yen uh, thing that we saw, where it's like all societies have the base, the same base of uh, like social mm. be- well, not beliefs. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, normality. So, uh, just to give a little bit of context here, we went for Christmas. Yeah. Our dad got us tickets to a uh, performance, a theatrical performance called Shen Shen Yen Shen Yun. Shen Yun, uh, yeah. and I guess they tour the country, and it's this uh, classical dance performance um that is based in china mm-hmm. the ancient performers china. yeah ancient china the, the performers performers themselves uh, all live in the states uh partly because their show wouldn't be accepted in china under the current political uh, regime and everything but yeah so it started out as just like just a kind of acrobatic historical uh, dance retelling of their history and then honestly it took this turn partway yeah. through and they got a little preachy. Mm-hmm. They had a lady come out and sing a song, and they had the translation to, to the lyrics up there projected for us. And it was like, we all believe the same thing. We're all... Uh, it was very inclusivist. And I would also consider myself an, an inclusivist Christian, just for the record. But um, just to throw all these labels at you. But mm. uh, anyhow, um, and we were like, oh, this... In my head, anyway, I was like, oh, this is nice. And then <laughs> the next line was, uh, atheism and evolution... Yeah are what was it like it was something really dark they're leading no the modern beliefs are leading us away from the path of god something like that yeah away from the path of god but then it was something like specifically atheism and evolution yeah. are the scourge like of society out. yeah like specifically and and, and so I, I, for me personally at first i was like oh this is nice talking about how inclusive yeah when you boil down our, our ethics there's a lot of overlap you know overlap and a lot of uh, commonalities and then they just hit us upside the head with that next right. line. Except we're all the same. Except none of us believes in evolution. Right. Or none of us should. You, know, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah, right. That was funny. But, um, sorry, where were you going with with that train of thought? I didn't mean to do well, it. No, that yeah, much. that's fine. I was trying to give context. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my point was I, I really do like that first line and how, you know, whether you identify as a Christian or a Hindu or a Muslim or uh-huh. a Buddhist or whatever, in the end, like, I feel like putting labels on something is more or less a definition of the environment in which you grew up in more so than 
a system of beliefs. Like someone who yeah. was born in like Saudi Arabia, for instance, 90% of the time they'll identify as a Muslim. Uh-huh. But then if you break down, you know, if you could somehow get a list of everything they believe, right. would that align with the other Muslims? Right. You know? right. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So are you saying that individual beliefs um, are really just like a fingerprint? They're, they're only that person's beliefs? Is that what you're saying? No. I feel like to say, what do you believe in? Uh-huh. Well, first of all, someone's going to – if you say, what do you believe? The first thing someone's going to cite is their religion. But I feel like you don't have to be associated with a religion or religious, obviously, to have beliefs. Uh-huh. And I don't know. It's it, it's a touchy subject because yeah. everybody is different, right? Yeah, sure. And so it's kind of hard to just like segregate and dissect you know, uh-huh. groups and societies into individual like labels and whatnot. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. I just asked because it seemed like at first – you're going saying that um, our core values are all the same, right? And then you were saying how if you took one person compared to another person, they're not going to be exactly the same. Well, so in their beliefs, like even political, like you oh, know, sure. this person believes that uh, you know we should support abortion. This one, yeah, doesn't, yeah, or, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, if you're to break uh-huh. it down like that, yeah. But in, we, I feel like everybody had at a basic level, except for you know outliers such as like sociopaths and whatnot, uh-huh. have that core beliefs of, or not not beliefs really, but. Ethics. Values, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a values of like you know, oh, you know, someone's in need, I should help them. And obviously, you know, it from a like reptilian standpoint, it's you know, you are yourself and survival uh-huh. of the fittest. Yeah. But because we have a conscience, we feel like we generally, you know, should help others. Right, right, for sure. Yeah. Wow, man, this is this is really interesting because I genuinely had no idea that that you had so recently kind of gotten to this place personally. Mm-hmm. I, that's awesome. I also suspect that anybody who regularly listens to the show is going to think that I planted these ideas with you and that this is all a rigged thing right. because you're, you're pretty much vocalizing the way that I feel about mm-hmm. spirituality, honestly. Right. I, I've thought about this a lot recently. And actually, in, um, in our English class, we have this thing where every week um, a student gets like a big uh, – topic discussion of uh-huh. like psychology and so like everyone gets one like so each student gets one a, a week and then that goes through the entire year and like we had some really interesting ones recently about like what are like what is good what is evil mm. and like whether that's a societal thing or like a belief thing uh. or and like um where did our universe come from and like does god exist well not even that but like things like that like that yeah so I, it's like it's got me thinking recently and mm. i don't know how recent was that well it's it's this year senior year so that would have started in like early September, I think, okay. but the more kind of like bigger picture ones were more recent and uh-huh. I've really enjoyed those discussions that's and like cool. hearing what my peers like think about things. Yeah, really for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And, um, this is me just kind of vocalizing some thoughts that I've had recently. Um, but I feel like it, there's a danger in Christianity to profess belief in God. And I'm not even I, this is something that I don't even know about. Like, I don't even know how many people that say they believe in God think they believe in God, but actually don't. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I really, I think that there's a fear in many, many Christians to where the reason they believe in God is because they're afraid of what he's, he is going to do to them if he's real. And if he finds out that they screwed up. Yeah. It's like, but then having a free fearless belief in God, maybe not even God as an entity, God as love, you know, like God as literally as love or God as like, you know, the scientific forces and, you know, Mm. as life or something like redefining God like that. And you, people may call that an atheistic belief in God because it's not God, uh, a being or an entity or a dude, but 
even just entertaining that I think is freeing because you don't have you don't have this fear of like oh did you hear what I said right right you know is dad going to be mad mm-hmm. and ground me and send me to hell forever and ever yeah I I don't remember what it's called but there was um a be- or a theory or a belief that it's better to even if you don't really even if you're not a Christian it's better to quote unquote believe in a god oh, right. because What's the benefit the benefits of it outweigh the like of getting heaven and eternal life yeah. outweigh the negative of in case if there is and you go to hell forever. Yeah, it's somebody's paradox. The guy's name starts with a P. It's like a Greek thing. Hmm. Uh, but th- man, that, that's not like a healthy, you know, moment. No like, way. Right. Yeah. And plus, you know, if if God looks at the heart and is really, you know, omniscient using right. Christianese here, um, then like that wouldn't work. You're not going to trick him. Into, yeah. You know. It's like okay, now I got to stop thinking about this. So he yeah. doesn't know. It's yeah, like, he didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just like par- it's a paranoid, fearful way to go about. Like, why do you believe in God? Oh, because God is. Uh, it's like, but really, really though, like, I, th- I think at the root of it, a lot for a lot of people is, is fear. Hmm. You know, like, yeah. like Dad's gonna get mad and spank me. Sort right, of thing, and like know? in the seventeen hundreds, like early colonial America, like that was the basis of teaching for Christianity. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it still is, you know, you'll see, like, in a lot of passion plays, it's it's about fear. And, like, plays where, where the devil comes out and goes through the, through the stands and mm-hmm. scares everybody. You're trying to s- scare people out of going to hell. See, I wonder if that was, like, that honestly probably was, like, more of a profiteering like thing to begin with. Because it's like, okay, how can we make money, like, from the church mm-hmm. standpoint? Yeah. Like, okay, we'll scare people into coming to church and then we'll make more money that way. Which is, a, like, as scummy as it gets. Right. Like, oh, I wouldn't totally. be surprised if that yeah. was. Yeah. Your origin. Yeah. And I, I like Jesus so much just because if you look at not his followers today, you know, not even extrapolations of what he said and like, you know, all these books written about what he said. But if you look at, you know, at scripture as, as, as close to the root sources you can get and understand the culture that he was in and, and the type of people he was dealing with, like that dude did not have an agenda. Right. Like he was, he was just... People were calling him a drunk. He was like that. We listened to a revolution sermon earlier together. And uh, like Jay mentioned that sermon, he was executed as a criminal. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't, he wasn't even speaking up saying, Hey, you got this all wrong. You know, like he was just getting in there, loving people. And then he got freaking executed for it Mm -hmm. in the worst possible way. Like he didn't have some sort of agenda that he was trying to, you know, get everyone on his team. Mm -hmm. He wasn't trying to spread that. Hey, Say the sinner's prayer so that you so you can get in your free ticket to heaven or right. whatever, you know. So that's why I like Jesus anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it is a shame when like the motive of becoming a you know again quote unquote Christian is out of you know fear in like that respect which you should have, but over just actually caring for people because at right. base like that. Oh is man, what it is. nailed it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and if God is love. Then that's where, to me, the inclusivism comes in. It's not like God is love if you know the name Jesus, right? Or God is love if you're an American white person. You know, that, and that's an, that's an over exaggeration there. But you know, God is love if you're a Christian. It's like no, God is love, and love is in every culture, every you right. know corner of the earth. You can find love. Yeah, I remember. Um, soon after we moved here, and I was still actively going to the youth group at our church, um, we had small groups, and I would always be the one asking these really, like, philosophical questions 
but they were always the wrong questions. Like, they mm. weren't the questions you want to be asking. Right. For instance, it was like, well, it, it was like really stupid stuff. Uh. Like, well, if God exists for an infinite amount of time, and there was an infinite amount of time before us, then how would that infinite amount of time have ever ended for us to begin? <laughs> and like, you know, it's like, that's not the point, you know? Yeah, right. right. And I remember another one um, was how, and, and one of the things that um, our church taught was, Everybody at some point is exposed to the name Jesus, mm. and it's their choice. To, I don't know where they came up with that one. Yeah, and it's their choice to follow it or not, and the right uh-huh. way is too. Uh-huh. But then that sparked a million questions, and I think at the core, of my questions were correct. But what I asked is like, okay, well, so what if someone you know was on an isolated society and they never heard the name Jesus? They're yeah. you know they're screwed. All right, you're going to hell. Like, yeah, and, right. and I remember how's that love? Like that right. could be an angry God, sure, but that's not a loving God, right? Yeah. And, like, just because you don't, like, you're not exposed to the name, you know, Jesus, that doesn't mean right. you're not a loving person, or you can't be. Right, exactly, yeah, for sure. I mean, it maybe it'd be harder because you don't, like, n- know what ethics to have, like, in society. But, maybe, But, I mean, yeah. that's, mm-hmm. you know, all cultural. Yeah. And Jesus is, to me, is just, like, a great example. Like, even, and I'm not saying that I believe this. This is a, this isn't even me saying an idea. That, this is just... A thought experiment. Even if Jesus were like Hercules, were like completely myth, that doesn't take away the value of the stories right. and the lessons that can be learned and applied to your life. Yeah, it's like ancient like parables and yeah. uh, fables. Like they yeah. they they're there for the message, not you know the oh that's so unrealistic. Like, right, you're not supposed to think about it like that. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, myths don't even necessarily have to be true or untrue. They're just representative stories from which we can take life lessons. Right. And they can be absolutely 100% true. They can be verifiable history or they can be, you know, made up. But that's not the freaking point of them. Right. The point of them is to find life application. And that's not only the point, but that's the meat. That's the heart. That's that's the driving factor that that gives them validity and lets them hold water, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. For sure. And I think there's there's like an art to that, like making a story that's relatable. Oh man! And yeah. like the thing, about, the funny thing about the Bible is how like even like not all uh, parables like hold up in modern times, but ninety percent of them do. Uh-huh. Just because at core, like you know, society's values are consistent; they always will be like throughout time. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. what we should do, like that's not going to change really. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not sure if this is exactly where you're going with it, but um, I had the thought the other day, like if you're going to be a hundred percent literalist with the Bible. Like, you know, people always talk about, um, you know, biblical inerrancy and like infallibility and it's like, okay, yeah, I can get on board with, with that, uh, you know, up to an extent and everything. But then if, if you really take that to the fullest, then you'd have to say, what are the commandments? Okay. Well, one of them is you should not covet your neighbor's ox, male servant, female servant. It's like, oh, I didn't do any of that stuff. Right. I did want his car and I stole it out of his back driveway, but, he didn't but have that's ox. not... Yeah, he didn't have any right. dogs or male servants or female servants. It's like, no, no, no. Well, the spirit of the message is this. So then taking that concept and saying, well, what's the spirit of this message? What's the spirit of this message? Then, yeah, I think you can find application right. in anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, in most of it is like a, a personification or mm. hyperbole. Or that's not what I'm looking for, but yeah. Yeah, like, uh, what's the word? An archetype. It can be right, like an yeah, archetype. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a, a, a person embodying an idea. Right. Yeah. Also, with like your faith and with uh, where you've been and where you're at right now, how do you feel about um, the whole science versus religion? Oh, I hate it. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I know you do too. Yeah, I do. I'm pushing your button there on purpose for sure. Yeah. 
Like, it's not... That's like saying... I don't know. I can't even think of an analogy, because that's... <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Like, yeah. science is the study of faith. Right. right. And, like, kind of vice versa. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, extent, not, like, even, not even... Not even... Maybe not literally, but I feel like they absolutely illuminate each other and shine light on each other in ways that they cannot do on their own. Right. Like... Like, if you do believe in a creator God, and then you learn about evolution, why why would you have any reaction other than to be like, wow, that is ama- that this intricate, amazing process is how he did it? You're telling me he didn't just snap his fingers and do a magic trick to make all these things pop up out of the ground? Yeah. Like, that's beautiful. That's amazing. And I remember watching a video uh, back at our old Christian school. Uh, it was like... It it was like some scientist Christian who was walking around. He's like, the Earth is only like what is it like six thousand years old? Oh, six thousand. Yes, of course not. Yeah. And then and then some scientist walks out and he's like a really nervous voice, like actually that's not true with evolution. It's millions of years uh-huh. old. And they like hash him out to be this like you know kind of guy who's like ah oh, he doesn't yeah know what he's he doesn't know what he's talking and about. And it's like if you if you're a Christian and you accept that you know, the Pythagorean theorem is, you know, this or that or whatever, then how's that any different from accepting the empirical evidence of, you know, evolution? And yeah. I mean, and it's like, it's so taboo. It's like, oh, you know, evolution, it's not real. It's like, yeah. but like you said, like the, the Bible isn't meant to be taken literally. And if you do take it word for word, literally, like God said, uh-huh. you know, let there be light and it was good. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's not how it's meant to be taken because right. we can't take, you know, the ox parable or, like, uh-huh. you know, the commandments literally word for word. Why should we take that word for right, word? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, and even, uh, well, that's kind of going down a different trail. I was going to say, even saying that God is a he, how are you a he? Well, you have to have a penis. So the invisible, all-encompassing creator of the universe has to have a penis somewhere. It's like... I, I, we could say it. Like, honestly, I feel like yeah. it would be a better... Or, you know, in the context, if you're thinking of it as a father, then yeah, he. If you're thinking of it as a mother, then she. Right. Yeah, I don't have any problem saying God the mother, or, you know, saying using she. Or it. it the only thing with it is it, it's, it's usually like kind of demeaning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, or find- they, uh, you know, people are using they as a singular pronoun nowadays. Um, but yeah, anyhow. But it is, yeah, that's kind of a different tangent. Mm. But yeah, with the whole church versus science thing i feel like that's a political thing where like it's like okay we're on our team conservative team we're against this but like when you really look at it logically it doesn't make any freaking sense no it's like this this enhances your creationism beliefs Mm -hmm. you know this is the how to how it happened this is great yeah and ah geez i don't know it's it's so aggravating i mean if you don't if you don't believe in evolution, like, I doubt we can change your mind and that's fine. Right. But I, I just really hate when people are closed-minded. Yeah, and won't even consider. Right. And on the other side, too, I, I think we even brought this up the other day. If, if an evolutionist says, no, this is the final answer. Like, we've got all of evolution figured out. It's like, no, you don't. This right. is This is the, um, this is probability probability-wise, this is the best answer that we have going right now. Another answer could come along and be more probable. Mm-hmm. You know, like Science isn't about saying this is a fact, this is a fact. It's about saying we can put X number of confidence in this theory, X number of confidence in this theory. Guys, the Earth is flat. <laughs> yeah. It's, and there are still people who oh like non- yeah. Like sarcastically believe the Earth is flat from yeah, a religious standpoint. That's a whole yeah. other thing. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. The most of them are from a religious standpoint, but there's, there's some who don't even do it from a religious standpoint. <laughs> and yeah, those yeah. are like the the most the ones who is do it from a b- biblical standpoint. 
it's like the most literal possible reading of the English translation of the Bible. Right. Is how that's their evidence. If you're gonna, that's their evidence. If you're gonna go that far, then you could at least like understand. Because, like, a lot of words, like, they had to, like, kind of replace and use connotation for mm. it. Because, like, there's not word-for-word translations. Right. So, if you want to be that exact and that precise, you might as well know the original meaning. Right. Yeah. And the culture in which, like, a lot of those things with, like, the firmament around the earth and, like, the water around the earth. A lot of that was an allusion to the the modern Egyptian understanding of the, the cosmos and the heavens and the earth. It was alluding to that and putting it within their structure of their understanding of the cosmos. And it's not like it wasn't saying scientifically this is how the world is set up. Right. You know, it's just like putting it into their context of their time and culture or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyhow. Uh, so, Christmas. What yeah, was your so favorite gift? Um, I didn't really ask for anything big this year. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I guess, you know, that kind of child, you know, innocent Christmas cheer, I feel like that's gone. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's life, right? Uh-huh. But I don't know. I, I like this jacket I'm wearing right now. This oh, is probably yeah. the biggest gift. What is that? Tell our listeners about it. Um, it, It's from a game, Overwatch. A lot of people probably know about it, but it's a, a character, Lucio. He's, um... He's, like, a, a DJ, so he, like, uses music, so he has, like, upbeat, like, funk music to kind of get people, like, pumped and ready. Oh, or he cool. has, like, soothing music that you can, like, change to to, like, it, like heal people up and, like, make them, like, revitalize. Uh, so stuff. is he a character that you play as? Yeah, yeah. I see, okay. And I, I like, he's, like, he's, like, I think if you ever played the game, he'd by far be your favorite. Oh, he's, nice. like, really chill, like, oh, cool. open, accepting. <laughs> he, like, loves everybody. You got he, me stereotyped, man. When, <laughs> you got when, me figured when, out. It's true, though. When I play it as him, I'm like, this This is Caleb. Ah, uh, like, that's hilarious. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny man cool um any other gifts i mean i got like some shirts as well what about you what did did you get um the okay google thing that dad got us oh yeah i've been messing around with that yeah i haven't messed around with it yet but you it seems like you got yours up and running yeah it's it's the ai thing a la siri and uh Alexa. alexa i'm sure that Anybody who knows how to use a podcast probably knows what it is, and much better than I do because right. I, I I'm kind of behind the curve on all that stuff. But uh, does it seem it seems to be better than Siri? And all oh that yeah. Well, from what I've seen, like it's re- it's ridiculous how far technology has come, and like we're we're far far from perfect. Like mm, there's still yeah. so many issues. Like yeah. there's nothing worse than when you ask him, he says, "I'm sorry, I couldn't find that yeah. on, on the web." It says, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. But like I, I did a test last night. I was just like laying in my bed, and I said very quietly, "Hey Siri." Like just like that, uh-huh. and it was right next to me on my bed or next to my bed. Nothing happened, and they said even, was, even yeah. And yeah. then my um, my uh, Google Home Mini was on like my desk, which is on the other side of the room. And I said in the same voice, "Hey Google," and it lit up. Google Home isn't set up yet. Whoa! <laughs> like, see, that, that's my this? point. Like, yeah, like I, I, think I hope they got on the mics. But, like, if I say that hey, was creepy. Hey Siri. Like, okay, my phone lights up. It acknowledges it uh-huh. here, but like. If I say it's quiet enough, like, and like, even if I'm watching like a video, what was that Google thing that just happened? What I think was that's that? Alex's. This, oh, it's his setup down here. We're recording in the basement where Alex lives, and I guess his. Yeah, we all got a. Wow, that was that was. <laughs> but like that, that highlights my point even up. more. Like, that's geez. crazy. That is wild. That, that was like, that's Perfect. a sign or something. Yeah, right. Well, I guess we all do believe in Christian God again. But it, it is nice that <laughs> it is nice though because like you can sync it with like your your playlist and stuff, so you can mm. just say, "Hey, play this song," and then it'll play it for you. And I don't know. That's I mean. Cool. Maybe that seems simple, but, you know, the simple things in life, right? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Um, let's see. Christmas gifts. Uh, oh, I got an inflatable mattress bed. That's probably my favorite gift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a mattress and a bed. 
Uh, I mean, it's a it's caption like, couch, bed. Couch yeah. bed, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a futon thing. Uh, kind of. Essentially, it's really more of a fold out, a fold out couch. Right. Oh yeah, like it's inflatable. Yeah, I folded out twice and it's got two mattresses mm. on it. But uh, I have a very limited area that I live in, so right. having things that fold up into themselves is a good advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Is your old bed okay? Because I know you have like your back problems. Yeah, I've been sleeping on an air mattress. It's oh, okay, wow. but it's kind of hard. Yeah, I'd and I think that this new one it's honestly is better for me than a bed than a mattress. Hmm. But I think this new one is is going to be even better. So, okay, well, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Have your back problems been bad lately, or like are they getting is it getting better? Uh, the, sleeping consistently on that air mattress has honestly helped a lot. But <laughs> the the cold of Minnesota makes it worse. More cold weather or like. You know, touching ice, touching something cold, just makes the pain oh, flare up really, really badly. Right. But I haven't like been irritating it. I haven't been like lifting heavy objects. That's good. Like that, so yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I think we covered it. Really. I mean, okay. we're kind of all, but all going our separate ways. Like by the end of this year. Like, well, Nate, when does Nate come back? In May? I'm not sure exactly. Nate, yeah, Nate is uh, our middle brother. Has been. Uh, staying in Kentucky at a place called Isaiah House. They've been helping him kind of get back up on his feet after he had a hard time here recently. And um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's leaving tomorrow, the day after Christmas, to go back to that. Uh, and then I don't know when he comes back. I'm right, because sure. I'm, I'm thinking, like, you're, you're in Minnesota now. When Nate mm. comes back, he's probably going to go to some college or a job or something. I'm going to be going to K-State next year, I'm pretty sur- uh, sure. So we're all kind of going our separate ways yeah. now, and it's... Like this is, I think it's like the big year. Growing up, yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. I think maybe it's putting stress on mom and dad. Because I mean, soon it'll just be like mom, dad, Nick, and you know maybe Alex if he hasn't you yeah. know left by now. Uh-huh, yeah, that's right. It's just Nick, Alex, mom, and I right now already. Right, yeah. So that, you uh-huh. know, there's only a few survivors. It's weird, man. It's weird. You guys should come visit me in Minnesota sometimes. Yeah, I would. I would love to go to Minnesota because Dad was from there. Yeah, yeah. You're there. You like meet the family that we have out there. You mm-hmm. can go see uh, the missionary uh, up on that Lake uh, Indian Reserve. Yeah. that our Uncle Wally set up. Um, you could check out Revolution Church where I've been going. I think you'd really like Pastor Jay. He's That'd not like any pastor you've ever. He's the one met. that we heard. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, he sounds really like liberal and open-minded. And- He's extremely liberal. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's like shockingly liberal. <laughs> But yeah, man. Cool. Well, I guess that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing this interview, man. Yeah, it was fun. Appreciate it. It's good to talk about these things. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to do it again, too. And honestly, I learned some new stuff. I didn't know exactly where you were at, personally. Because like you said, we've got kind of started to go our separate ways. Right. Me being gone for for kind of long stretches at a time and everything. Cool, man. If you interview me in another year, who knows what I'm going to say. Yeah, right? No, that's the awesome thing about it. I view this podcast as like a, a documentary right. of me and like my evolving beliefs because they're just going to keep on changing. Cool, man. Thanks. Yeah, that's fun. That was my interview with my brother, Sam. Again, a big thanks to him for doing that. And Merry Christmas to all of you guys. As always, you can go to soundcloud.com slash air-of-grievances, itunes.com, search for Air of Grievances. You can go to patreon.com slash air-of-grievances, facebook.com slash air-of-grievances to get plugged in, support the show, and get involved. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 612-460-0364. Go straight to voicemail, and you can just leave a message letting me know how much you love me, hate me, want to tickle me, anything you want. It's up to you. I'm Caleb. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next time. Love ya.